Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Welcome to the Billboard Charpy Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts with Joe Rainey, VP Pop Promotion for Capitol Records. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Joe. I know I've, I've actually heard you on the air on Elvis <laughs> Duran's morning show, so this is a step down. Oh, yes. Well, to be here. sadly, Elvis left to uh, throw him at me that way. All right. At least you're, you're not surprised this no. time. You know, you know you're here. Yeah. All right. So I want to uh, talk about a lot of things, uh, Capitol Records, and just your career, too, and, and uh promoting uh, music for Capital, but uh, Katy Perry is the mm-hmm. big news. I'm, I'm guessing that's been most of your waking hours. Lately have been uh, focused on Katy Perry. Yeah, you know, it's been, a, it's been a very rewarding part of my career. I'm very proud to be a part of it since the first song in 2008, I Kissed a Girl, to where we are now with just dropping, what, 10 days ago, we just dropped um, Chained to the Rhythm. Um, yeah, what was it's she's been away for a few years and you know not not working. She's been, you know, finishing a 150 plus date tour. Right. And um I think the world was ready for some new music. She did do the song from the Olympics um and that was an event record. Um but this is this is the fourth album and the lead single and I think, you know, I'm biased or not, I think it's incredible growth while staying on brand. And I think it's a, an amazing record, not just pop candy, but there's a lot of depth to it. And I think she's really, really stretched herself. You were almost surprised to, to really see the chart numbers that she hadn't had a top 10 Hot 100 hit in about three years since Dark Horse. But kind of what you're saying, it doesn't seem like she's been away that long because we've been hearing about her social media and obviously mm-hmm. the tour. So it, it's not like she completely disappeared at all, even though it's been a while since she's had a big hit like this. Yeah, I think... Um, you know, the way that these cycles happen now, um, albums, singles, tour, I mean, she's a unique, I mean, if you have her trajectory in her career, you certainly have, uh, you're one of a very few number of people. Yeah. I mean, we had, we had four singles on the first album. I mean, almost the, the entire second album had, was a single. I mean, right. Oh, that was the record. Yeah, and then we, the, the, the record teenage, teenage time, Dream, yeah, yeah, the record time with Michael Jackson. Five that. number ones. That's just, I don't think that can happen again. I just don't think the climate could, you know, 
But of course, you know, records, do, records are made to be broken. Why do you say that? Um, I think because of the way consumption of music is. I mean, even in the three years since Katie's been here, I mean, the way people are consuming music, it was a, a significantly a download era just three years ago. Right. I think we're certainly um, we're in that transition. I'm not suggesting downloads are done by any stretch of the word, but um, we are in that transition of moving to a streaming uh, consumer base. Um, and that's changes, I mean, whether it's, you know, from sheet paper to right. vinyl to uh, cassettes and, and, uh, and um, uh, what am I thinking of? There was a short-lived period of A-tracks. A-tracks. And then CD and then MP3. And, it just, right. and, and each change, it's a shorter amount till the next change. So what's after streaming? Who knows? You snap your fingers and you hear a song? I, you know. Right. No, that's an interesting point because if an album comes out, I mean, it was, that's why it was such a big deal even to get five number one singles from Teenage Dream because in a download era, how do you get people – uh, that deep into an album to still buy downloads. They, well, they know those songs. Yeah, album. I mean, same thing with streaming. You're a numbers guy, and and you, if you think about it, by the time we got to that last number one, and we did re, do a repack, and there were two new songs on it. But right, that was that was after the five number ones, though. Right, yeah. Uh, to think, I was like, who doesn't own it? Right. Who hasn't consumed it? But right. it just goes to show how big of a consumer base um, it really is, and to get everybody to to digest and consume music is it's not as easy as just throwing out there. But now she's got this massive platform, um, and she's got something to say, and she's got it's very much in on brand with what she does as an artist. So, any concerns that the song when you first heard it and and the Grammys performance, it's pretty clear where she stands politically. Are there any concerns that uh, she could be alienating certain parts of not just her fan base, but potential consumers? Or is it is it Capital's take that she's our artist? We're going to support what she does. We believe we believe in her, no, no matter what she does, as long as she's being true to herself. Well, in terms of Capital, um, uh, it's certainly the latter. We uh, we certainly support our all of our artists and, and what they have to say. Um, it's a good question because I think that what's an amazing part of the, this song is that there are she's saying something but she's not shoving it down anybody's throat it's very inclusive and then the irony is you get to the hook and it's a dance song right it doesn't yeah she's not it's a smart and if you didn't package. if you didn't know where katie stood before this song then you've been living under a rock i mean the one let's be honest and the woman played at the dnc she's been very vocal right. and i admire that there's a not a lot of artists at her level in period, but not a lot of artists with that big of a, of a soapbox that would go any that route and make social commentary, um, because you are you run the risk. This country is divided. It's yeah. it's one out of two people you could potentially offend if you go that route. Right. And um, but it's not. I've known her a long time. It's not. She's not someone to keep her thoughts to herself, and I admire that. And I think it's ballsy, and it's certainly on brand with her mo. Um, and I think that it's a very inclusive, oddly enough, it's a very inclusive, fun song. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you can combine with something real to say, with a beat and a hook and, and fun, man, all, all the more power to you. And that's been missing a little bit in pop music. I know she, she said uh, in a tweet, she's calling this era a purposeful pop. So maybe we haven't heard these kind of messages in pop music for a while. Maybe this is beginning... A trend, or at least for her, a little bit more than we've seen. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, we're in an interesting time, regardless of your take on on the specifics of of the politics in this country or abroad. It's a 
it's a scary time regardless of your lean. Um, and that tends to be, I'm not going to make social commentary, but I, that tends to reflect itself in the, the art and the pop culture of the time. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we started to see some more music um, that was reflective of the mood of the populace. Let's get into what your job and how you actually promote a hit. So you find out a uh, new Katy Perry song is is out or happened. How does that even process start? Do, do you guys, how early do you know that she's in the studio? How do you know uh, that Max Martin and, and Sia are writing it? Where do you specifically, Joe, come into the process of, of the, the very first steps of, of getting this song out there to everybody? Well, with an artist like Katie, um, you know, there's a, a process. As a promotion person, it's pretty close to when the song is, is coming ready and you start to have planning meetings. She's a global artist. So you have to work in... It, with all the other markets in the world, um, you know, she might be a U.S. artist and, and whatnot, but it's a global um, release. Um, you know, Katie is at a level where she drives, let's make be very, very clear. There's a lot of talented people in her management team and a lot of talented people at Capitol Records. Um, but let's make no mistake, she's driving the train. And her vision is fleshed out by... Um, by her team and, and, and her partnership with, with her, her record company. And um, so you asked, when does that start to happen? Um, I would, um, I, to, to give, I'd say when radio promotion starts to get involved, it's probably about two months before and some very, very tight, small meetings because the last thing you want is any, you know, any plans that aren't firm to get out. And right. let's be honest, we don't want it leaking. We want her to control the message. Right. Whether it's the song title, whether it's the song art, whether there's a new song coming. So uh, what's critical on a song that's going to have this kind of um, ripple effect when it drops is you have to be very calculated and smart about, you've got to let radio know there's some excitement, but you've also got to let your radio partners know um, not to say anything. So... Um, to be quite candid, when you you asked about the Max Martin and the Sia, I found that out when she we iHeart has their meetings, yeah, uh, their label presentations. Right, right, right. She came and saw all those programmer, programmers in LA, and she played the song for everybody. So that was the first time outside of a very small group of people that had heard that song. Okay, um, and so in at the same time, it wasn't just iHeart. We 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 got out there and played it for as many people as we could in a very short amount of time. In about the ten-day cycle, you want to get out there and play this music for, for you know, you want to, just because it's a big release. Right. This was about a couple weeks. Yeah. That before Inside the song of came that. out. It yeah, really right. was. It was a right. matter. I remember playing it for people for the first time the week of release. Okay. The, the song dropped at midnight on a Thursday. I had was playing it for people that week. Yeah. And we've you know we've got a, a field staff and a pop department, so um, it really was. Uh, in a very short amount of time, I and mean, I think that's the wise way to do it. I, I think that with a drop, with a release this size from an artist this big, and you know, look, I, there's an element of me being biased. I think she made an A plus record, and she's an A plus artist. That doesn't always happen. Um, you know, uh, sometimes A list artists don't put out terrific songs. Um, 
So I think it's wise to be able to, and there's, you know, that's exciting. This is a moment, but it's also very, you've got to be very clear that, you know, and you know what? No one leaked that the song was coming. Yeah. And for me, I'm, I trust my radio partners. What do they have to gain? It's a blogger. It's somebody who's, you know, wrote. Radio's our partner. And she is a radio artist. She started with a hit on the radio. She started with I Kissed a Girl and everything's been a hit since. Yeah. Um, is it easier with a song by a superstar artist that comes out? Is it almost like you're just handing it off and you know this is going to be a big hit as opposed to a brand new artist or a known artist that maybe hasn't been around in a while? Are these the records you just love to promote because you know it's going to be a big hit? Or is it it's always the same amount of work and your job is to make people as informed as possible? Uh, that's uh, The question, is it easier? No, I, I can't. That that's loaded I, I think that um, nothing's easy um, nothing's guaranteed um, you know pop radio is very song based at any given time there's three four or five core artists right but that can change in two years yeah um, and you made you, you, you referenced earlier to Katie being you know gone for a few years um, that's a lifetime in this the way the, the way that the, the art and and uh, is being consumed in some respects, that's a long time. True. I mean, right. she's only one person. She can, you know, only put out so much music and so much time. But um, with an artist like this, look, the panel closed um, at Pop. You know, that's how many, depending on the week, it's 170 yeah, radio right. stations or something that. like that at, at, at Billboard. Um, that's a lot of radio stations to add the same. There's, you know, certain stations have certain leans, you know, whether they're more rhythmic or churban, and then certain stations have certain leans that lean adult. So even within the one format, there's different types of pop stations. So I don't care what the artist is. Um, that is that's a task, and um, that was a significant. I don't want to say victory, but a statement by Katie, really. And we're just the conduit where it's her music. And it was it was really it was a great thing to be a part of to say that the entire pop panel in one week made room for this song on their radio station, and I it was pretty universal that she made a great song. What's Katie like? I know I've met her like once or twice. I, I think with you, I, yeah, I've gotten in pictures. I, it's, it's always a picture of me and and Joe Rainey. Katie, <laughs> Katie, Katie Perry just happens yeah. to be in the picture. I've never had a conversation with her, but is she like what she seems? Is she is she bubbly? Is she very thoughtful? What what you you spent time with her? What, what's she like to you? She's human. Yeah, um, um, she's one of the most remarkable people that I've met. Um, I think, and when I say people, because I think, you know, I have a daughter, and if my daughter, well, if she ends up Katy Perry, but if she were anything like her, I would be more than pleased. She's amazing that she is thoughtful, but she's not passive. She's got something to say and a vision, but doesn't shut, it, it's, it's funny, like, she's can play various different roles, and it's still her. That's, you don't meet too many people, whether they're famous or they're artists, or not that are like that, that there's different lanes to her persona, and yet it's still the same person. There's no, she's the most unfake person I've ever met, if that's a word. Um, I guess I should just say the most real person. Um, and um, she's very smart. She's very, she's got a work ethic like nobody else. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, to ask what she's like, I, I think, um, and she's also very sweet. Yeah. You know, um, but she's got an opinion. She's a strong woman. Um, and sometimes that can be taken by, you know, certainly men as strong. Oh, God. You know. But I don't – she's got soft edges too. And I think that there's something to be said 
um, about that. Yeah, and I think we're seeing a certain growth in her music because people might think they might just have the image of the Teenage Dream and some of the the cotton candy and some of the, the real cutesy images of those songs. And now to be doing a, a slightly more political song and certainly um, her social media stance and, and the We the People Grammys performance. So I feel like we're really now seeing maybe the full 360 of who she is. Well, I mean, look, think about it. If 2008 was her beginning and, you know, she had a history before that. She put an album on a, a, a sort of a gospel album uh, right. when she was in her teens and she was on two other record companies before that. She, you're different. I mean, are you the same person you were in 2008? Is the climate the same? You know, everything's very different and if you're not growing, there's probably something wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, she is who she, she is who she is now, you know? And if you look at the one of, uh, one of the boys in Teenage Dream and Prism, um, I hesitate to call them concept records. I don't think that's fair, but they certainly have a theme to it. And I admire that too. That's not just a marketing element. That's she made a, a collective. She does she makes albums. You know, yes, she's got hit records on the radio, but she makes complete linear records. Um and um that's few and far between today, especially in, in the pop lane. It's such a song, uh, you know, the way we consume music is so it's three and a half minutes a, a, a chunk. All right, future of this album. What do you know? When's it coming? What's it going to sound like? What What do you know anything about it? I'm not being coy. I, I, I don't know. We literally, um, there's timelines in various marketing meetings that we look at and whatnot. But um, if I did know, I probably wouldn't say it because, again, I mentioned earlier that it's important for an artist like that to control the narrative. And um, we want her to be, look, who has more Twitter followers than her? No one. Right. So, <laughs> you know, um, but it's very important that she controls the message. And um, that's not an arrogant thing or anything like that. I think she's the source and, and it should come from her. Sometime this year, though, is the plan. Mm-hmm. There will be a Katy Perry album. We're, we call it jokingly, and I think the press and the industry is KP4. Um, right. But that's certainly not the album title. But um, yes, there is an album coming in 2017 from Katy Perry. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. If the whole world was watching, I'd still dance with you. Drive highways and bowies to be there with you. Over and over, the only truth, everything comes back to you. All right. Beyond Katie, obviously, it's not the only thing you uh, you do. There are other uh, stuff, other things you're working on. One of them, one of the big ones, Niall Horan. Mm-hmm. This year has had a 
really uh, great success with this town. And we talked uh, late last year when the song was coming out. And I remember thinking this and telling you, Joe, this is possibly going to be a tough build at, at mainstream top 40 radio mm-hmm. because it's it's a folk ballad. It's not a Trap House. It's not Synthesizer. It's mm-hmm. very different. And even though it's One Direction going solo... Um, was it a tough sell at pop radio? Because, again, you have everyone knows who he is, but he's putting on a song that maybe people didn't expect. Yeah, it's a good question. And, um, you know, those are problems that you that you want. Um, you know, he has a, a very large platform. Uh, I didn't know him from One Direction. I had no reason to know him. He was on a different label. Um, he is remarkably talented. And the songs that he that they put out, the biggest hits from One Direction, had in a lot of ways this kind of a lean yeah that's now, true this was just a guitar and vocals um, which at pop radio in 2017 is um, you know it can be done Adele did it with a piano um, it has happened um, but yeah in terms of tempo and, and whatnot, it can be a challenge but again I, I alluded earlier to what, you know how we talked about Katie playing it for people like that last week and, and getting and getting out in front of people um it was important to talk to to play this for certain tastemakers and and uh, very close to the release date because there's two ways to look at it. you want it to be an event and not have anybody overthink it but you also want to engage with people that by the way let's be really honest, it's a beautiful record yeah and um, I always feel like even if it's not a number one record at top forty it sounds like to me because it's so intimate I have a feeling it's it's a lot of people's favorite song or like I hear like like teens really yeah. liking this song and just meaning a lot. It seems like it just could really hit people in a really deep And I level. think it's one of those, some of the most successful songs at pop radio didn't go number one, but they had very long tails. This, from from the, the metrics I'm seeing, you know, what I, over 20 weeks since the first the song was released, it's still seeing the metrics that, that, that radio cares about the most. It's, it's still a big call-out record for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's. I'm excited for what he's going to be creating because um, in the few pe- times I've engaged with him, that's that's a remarkably talented man. And you know, think about it. All he knows is a teenager and somebody who's just in the very beginning stages of his twenties. I mean, that guy's lived a life uh, ten times over. It's an old soul record. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, he's he's he's. You can tell that he. There's a certain lane of his artistic ability that that. That's what that song, this town, that was Niall Horn, very much so. Yeah. And if you look at the songs that, that One Direction, there's a lot of co-writing and one, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you can tell. I mean, I think he said in an interview, and I thought this was interesting. If the last tour on, for, with One Direction, I think that they were something like they did 22 songs. He played guitar on, on stage on 20 of them. Yeah. So that's an interesting. I mean, and that's he loves. He feels more comfortable behind a guitar. Uh, I don't speak for him, but um, that's what I can gather. Um, yeah, that's a big, big record for, for Capitol Records this year. We're really excited. And I think that, that that introduction to his bass and pop radio's listeners, I think it was a good introduction. And unlike a Katy Perry record where she has a history of hits, you put it out there, everyone pretty much is going to jump on it. With with this Nile song, was it more week by week, just playing it for more people, getting the information more out there, and this was more of a case a week by week? Well, this was, th- these, um, it was similar to Katy in the sense that you wanted to let people know that something big is coming. Um, but you also needed to be very – you got to be – in, in 2017, you got to be very protective too. It's not that we don't trust – our partners. In fact, I don't. I think 
radio would probably be the last place that a song would leak. I have never heard of a song leak at radio in recent years. Yeah. It's usually been somewhere overseas or somewhere online. That's where a song leaks. But you do have to be protective of that. And um, again, the messaging matters. Um, when an artist of that size, with that big of a, of a foundation of uh, a portal to say something, it should come from them. I mean, you're not going to get a better, you know, and his core is, they're the ones that are going to have to have buy-in first. It's funny with these type of songs, though, is that people, everybody wants to hear it, you know, your partners, but everybody's also quick. They're going to want, they're, since they want to hear it, they're going to have an opinion of it very quickly. Right. You know, and this is the most subjective product in the world is, song, is a song. Right. That's what's so weird about your job. It's, it's your, your part uh, dealing with numbers, but at the, at the end of it all, it, it is art, and you're trying to convince people to play music based partially on, on why they should play it because of what's shazamming and what's selling, but sure. it's also just going to be their personal opinion of what fits on a particular station. Well, it can't shazam, it can't sell, and can't react if it doesn't play. That's the first part. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the challenge, but any, any promotion guy will tell you that that's, you know, we wake up being told no. <laughs> we go to bed being told no. So the challenge of, of that process is perhaps, I don't know the causal direction of whether it attracts a certain type of person or if the job makes you a certain way. Um, Lay down on the couch now. We're getting to the psychological yes, yes, side of, of exactly. why you do this. How much for this hour? <laughs> Um, new uh, Nile album, anything? We'll, we'll call it NH1. Is that what yeah, you that, call this? There week? you go. Huh? Not bad. But uh, again, um, I know that both. To, I know they're both still in the studio. Um, you know, I, I, I can't. I'm not part of that process, and nor should I be expected to be. I don't have the bandwidth or the talent or the skill set. That's not where um, where where my company needs me or wants me. But um, yes, I do know that. Um, I know that he's feverishly recording. That I'm at an all-time The other big hit you've uh, been working recently, and it's still building about six months now, to, as we tape this on the edge of Top Ten on, mm-hmm. on Billboard's uh, pop songs. Well, chart. you know what? Yeah. And I don't want to jinx anything, but on real time, before I left my office, it was sitting at 10. All right. Now, we're in a business. Oh, did you have a question? Or? Well, John Bellion is the song, mm-hmm. All Time Low. This is, I'm thinking this is really different from the Katie setup and the Nile setup because John Bellion doesn't have any kind no. of history of hits. People don't hear the name and know who he is. And you made this one a hit after a really long run. So what's what's been your, your place in, in making well, this song a hit? Well, this, this one, it's an interesting, and not to go uh, to get too granular on it, but this is a guy, I mean, first it was, in terms of going to commercial pop radio, um, it's an education process because what we know inside the building we we're sold. We're already in. We're already we're already committed. Um, and it was a matter of introducing and educating people of who he was. Well, who is John Bellion? Okay, so he wrote and produced Monster with you know, or, or, or was a writer on Monster by Rihanna and Eminem. Right. And he wrote and produced Trumpets by Jason Derulo. Okay, so that's a start, right? And then he was a guest vocalist on, on a Zed record. Um, but there's so much more to him. This guy's put out a couple of albums for free while being signed to Capitol. That's usually flies in the face of a major label's business model. Yeah. Um, but it was part of him. He is he again. He's one that drives you, the three artists that you brought up. They're driving the train. Um, John is one of the most gifted, talented. Um, 
artists, and I say artists because he produces, he can, he can, he's a vocalist, he's a rapper, um, he's a writer, um, he's a visionary. If you look at the physical product of the album, I mean, it's brilliant artwork. Um, and you talk about telling a story and having a message. Um, this man has all that's great, but if you don't have a single for radio, um, it means sort of nothing not to radio. Um, he hadn't he played live shows and uh, but not an extensive tour. So it was an education process, and we put him on some promo runs where when he had a not a huge footprint did uh, socially, but it was very deep. There was a rabid base around him, and the call to arms was significant. So we put him on a promo run, and he went and visited some radio stations, and the response when he went was amazing. And the, what the promotion was, was enter to win. It was pretty turnkey. We did it at the, at the station. You know, your family, which is a gamble, because it, it's like, it's sort of like uh, inviting people to a party, but no, what if no one comes? Right. You know, it's a gamble, but right. it was a good gamble, and it paid off, and then we weren't. We weren't. There was no expectations on the radio station. Um, it was people to come and listen to, to to four tracks from the album and meet him and say hello. And the response was fantastic. Um, then we did so. It was a, a lot of meetings with our regional staff with radio to set this up. And you know, it was a fine line between hype and buzz. And that line is a promotion department at a record company. Right. Um, that's what we do because you know uh, they are. <laughs> They are addressed by how many people that promote records a day. Um, and this is something when I sat and met with him and his managers, me personally, um, God, way back last summer, you know it when you see it. And I knew that this was a very gifted artist and had something to say and had a vision and there was worthy. Now, he's a little left of center. You you listen to each song on that album. It's like, oh, man, it's it, they're all very, very yeah. different. And All Time Low is a pretty quirky song to be Left of with. center. I yeah. knew I knew the challenges that I knew that it would react and I, I think that uh, we were up for the challenge. I knew that it wouldn't be your most traditionally um, for a mid tempo male pop song, it didn't it didn't fit any um, any specific lane that was going on at radio. And that's also what's what's you know, yes it's a challenge, but it's also what's unique about it and what's special about it. So I think we're in our 25th week at, on the chart. Right. And I don't know how many records go six and a half months and are on the verge of top ten. You know, there's sometimes there are records with long... It's pretty rare. Long, yeah, long yeah. Uh, life cycles that go number one or whatnot. But this is... I, I be, you're the numbers guy. I'm sure on Monday, when God, God willing, we have a top ten record. I'm sure you'll t- send me some stats. But... Um, yeah, six months to work a record. And there were times, there were three weeks where we were down in spins. Right. And you know pop radio, if you lose momentum at pop radio, you're it's like a shark stops swimming. It sinks to the bottom of the sea. Um, you know, it's a format that can eat its own young sometimes. And um, we've been fortunate enough that we've been able to stay the course. And we've seen incredible consumption. He's had two sold-out tours. He's doing all sold-out arenas with 21 Pilots right now. His brand continues to go. And, you know, it's it's very proud moment if and when this song lands at top ten. Do I like that it's six and a half months? No, I would prefer it to be a little more timely. But I'm very proud of our team and the commitment and the work we've done with him and his management. To uh, um, He deserves it. He really does. Two-part uh, radio question. We've been talking a lot about radio. Uh, what's your take on... 
uh, the importance of radio nowadays to make a hit. And also, are you promoting, uh, Joe, just to radio? Or are you also uh, promoting uh, to get on Spotify playlists and other, other uh, platforms? Yeah, I think it's promotion is promotion. I mean, your job is, I mean, and promotion is just a longer word than sales. You know, we're salesmen in, some, in many respects. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the energy and effort it takes to corral uh, um, and promote to pop radio is, is so much that um, I, I, it's funny because I think there's an evolution of a label. I, I think that there's value in having promotion people talk to. Um, the Spotify's and the Pandora's of the world, and then there's an argument that should that be because that's a revenue stream? Should that be the sales department? And there are two very different types of people that do those types of jobs. So I think we're still evolving um, in that lane. The first part of your question was something about radio making a hit. Uh, importance of radio. Oh uh, my god! You know, it's funny with all these different lanes and. Um, you can people might want to make the argument that you know it's such an a, a, a um, an older medium that uh, it's not as important. Uh, I, I'm not going to throw a bunch of stats at you, or because you probably know them already. I think that discovery is still there with radio. Radio is a profoundly important. The saturation, the, the usage is so high. Um, now, I think there's an argument that does radio make hits or do they play them? I think it's completely dependent on the project. If you think about, um, look at John Bell, look at the streams of a John Bellion. They weren't what they were before he started playing on the radio. Right. Yeah, I, radio is absolutely critical, um, and I'm totally biased saying that. It's what I've done for 18 years. Right. But um, if you look at the top 10 songs on our, uh, let's take uh, any radio station in the country, you're looking at the top 10 most consumed. There's a reason they call it pop radio. Um, and so, and then you, you see cool things like the Migos track and the Macarena. You right. look, I mean, I'm not suggesting those are right. Like there are that. certain pop culture hits, yeah, there are certain come, radio hits. That, Sometimes they match up perfectly. That radio catches yeah. up to. You <laughs> right. know, there's certain times, I mean, if you look at, we, I had a Silento record, which was just a co- pop cultural phenomenon. Right. And um, and then it was it became part of the fabric of what a radio a pop radio station does. But um, but yeah, radio is uh, the the thing about radio is that and, and radio people will say this all the time. It's local and it's live. It's true because that's a, it's more than just a portal. There's a place for national platforms, no question. But radio stations, it's communal you feel connected to it the logo is unique it has got your city's name in it if you're lucky you have a live jock who can talk about um you know the local sports team or or whatnot right you know i think it's a portal to the community as much as anything you were telling me before i didn't know this you you worked in radio before you got into yeah not not very long it was uh, in california in the mid 90s during my college years Uh, i i worked at the college station then i worked at if you remember j corp before it became oh that's right they merged with amfm and came clear channel that was one of the early names which is now iheart yeah iheart yeah so it was i worked at a commercial radio station in college and I, i i did some shifts it was not very good um um, but what I found I was good at was the promotion side of a radio station. You know, I, I didn't mind setting up the um, booths at 7 a.m. on Sunday for, you know, um, the, the wedding dress thing with the radio station. I, I kind of like that idea. I loved radio. Radio to me, like the radio, I did, before I knew it was a job or a career, you could promote records or whatnot. 
Um, music first, radio, the everything between the songs. I grew up in L.A. and listening to K-Rock. I mean, yeah. the, the radio went on before the seatbelt. Right. Um, and so I just, I love the, the medium because it's, in one respect, it's passive, but it's with you. And while you're doing other things, whether it's driving or, or doing, you know, various, in, in today's day and age, it's, you're on the phone or computer or doing all kinds of things, it's, it's your partner, you know. What music did you grow up listening to? Depends on the era. I mean, I certainly, I went through... Uh, the British New Wave. I'm f- 41, so I, you know, I went through that British New Wave era. I went through some of the hair metal um, and some of the speed metal. I still uh, listen to my Slayer and Metallica. If, if we could show you the pictures, uh, yeah, exactly. But you know, I, I think you know the, the popular answer is all types of music. You know, I listen to there. There's a place for classical music uh, in, in in my playlists, but. Um, you know, I, I will t- say this. I spend most of my day listening to pop music and pop radio, yeah. and I think that's probably reflective. If you didn't like pop music, I don't think you could do pop promotion. Um, but I love a good pop song, you know. Any weird stunts you've ever done? You always hear about promo guys uh, out on the lawn of a radio station for 24 uh, hours, or is that is that old time? No, no, I think point? it's funny. I mean, I think um, I love that's fun. You know, there's this job is, you know, we're, we're not – you know, we're not ending world hunger here. This is music and promotions meant to be fun. Uh, we sometimes lose sight of that because it's a very competitive, cutthroat, um, you know, line of work, um, and uh, there's a lot of things to navigate. Quick story: When I was a local in Atlanta, early part of uh, this millennium, uh, a radio station in Chattanooga um, uh, couldn't add a record that I was promoting, and he said he was going to freeze. So I said, you know what? I'm in Atlanta. I'm two hours away. I'm going to go to the costume store and just whatever hits me and bring him a bottle of antifreeze because he said he was freezing that week. <laughs> Not so, adding records. Yeah, freezing, the, freezing me, freezing playlist. his playlist right. and wasn't going to add any records. So I went, I rented a prom dress and a huge pig head. And, um, and I went up and just like a huge, like a, um, you know, like a mascot, this enormous pig and a parasol. I, I don't even know why. It was just probably the stuff I saw, saw first. Or maybe it says something about me. I don't know. <laughs> Finding um, out a lot about yourself. Yes, exactly. Uh, so I drove up, and he was the, pro- the program director was at a remote. And I show up, and he didn't know it was me. Well, how would he? And I show up, and I've got the antifreeze, and, um, and I became part of the remote. I, I don't know. It could have been at a Dollar General or a Walmart, but it – I became part of the remote dressed up as this pig and I kind of had to, oh, I, you know, you can't take a, a costume head off when there's children around. So <laughs> it's Chattanooga in the summer and it was hot and uh, needless to say, he didn't freeze that week. <laughs> and uh, I'm, uh, I'm proud to say that he's still a friend of mine and uh, that was fun. Uh, real quick, any anything in the future that we haven't uh, talked about? Who's up next for Capital? Uh, Halsey, Tori Kelly, Sam Smith, Five Seconds of Summer. Who's who's coming up next? What can you tell us, if anything? Um, I wish I could tell you more, but all of those names that you just said um, should be having music soon. Um, every artist you've just said is is in uh, writing and recording. I think you know I'm not an A&R person but writing and recording seem to go hand in hand it used to be it seems that it was I would write and then we'd go into the studio and record it doesn't it seems to be um, 
sort of more congruent. The way with it. Yeah, that's just my, that's a layman's opinion. It's not my my lane. But um, yeah, uh, we're excited for Tori Kelly, our second album. Choice of Vaughn is is ready for a second album. Um, Halsey's second album and what what she was able to do and then getting on a Chainsmokers record has changed the whole narrative of her. Um, Sam Smith, I mean, man, I I think the world is waiting and world needs a Sam Smith record. And... uh, um, I mentioned Tori Kelly. I mean, pro- perhaps Tori Kelly might have um, the best voice, I mean, the best vocal talent. And that's what, what a lot of people are saying. Uh, she, just, she just needs that big hit to go along with, with the voice. Yeah, we've worked a few singles, and she's, she is where she is. She's on her trajectory. She is on her way. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, it's, a, it's an exciting time. It could be one of those banner years at Capitol. Pretty good history of Capital that uh, you're continuing. Yeah, uh, not too many people can say they've spent, I think this is year 17 or 18 at Capital. Um, That's a long time at one company, regardless of the industry. So I'm I'm proud of it. I bleed Capital Blue. I know you're you're based in New York, but you ever go to the Capital Tower? Do you feel that sense of history when you're in the building? Yeah, well, I started there in 99. Yeah, I started in the tower. um, And certainly it was before they redid it. (laughs) But... um, uh, yeah, I go out there frequently for meetings, and you can't not feel something walking into the building. You know, it's kind of like a parallel I'll draw is that we're sitting here in New York City, the most visited city uh, perhaps in the world for tourists, but this is where we work and live. Right. And so it's interesting to work in such an iconic building with such an iconic history. And we're not the only record company with such a huge and, you know, uh, beautiful history. Um, but I'm proud of, to be the, of, at a company that has that history and proud to be part of it, you know, whether it's Katie or Beastie Boys or Radiohead or, or you know, Paul McCartney. I mean, I, it's, it's not fair to start listening because, you know, you leave something out that you're proud of Coldplay. You know, right. I, was, I was at Coldplay at their first paid show in the Tabernacle in Atlanta. Yeah. And um, they're no longer on Capitol anymore, but for five albums they were. and. Um, you know that sense of efficacy for a promotion person. I won't speak for all of us, but to you know to be driving around in 2008 with a girl named Katy Perry, you know, promoting her and doing lounges and you know in conference rooms, to be a part of that process to, to where she is now, um, that's a profound feeling to be. And it's goosebumps. You know, um, I know you didn't ask all that, but <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> Now, congratulations on all your success. Uh, off to a great start with the Katie uh, song and, and doing so well with so many others. Continued success going Thank forward. You, Bert. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.